You're listening to the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Klein. I've created a signature coaching program for law students to show you how to build confidence, design your dream life, create wealth, and thrive in law school and beyond. I am here to show you how to work on both your money and your mind so you too can become a wealthy future lawyer. Let's get started, squad. Welcome back to the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I am so, so, so excited for my guest today, Brittany Alexander. This is so, so awesome because when I started following you in probably at some point right before you started the firm, somehow you got in my algorithm, which I'm so happy about. Me too. And I I had always figured that I would start my own firm, but just watching you, like another woman with this incredible, badass energy, like boss energy and just watching you evolve and your social media presence evolve. It was, I have to tell you, it was so inspiring for me being in big law, going through the pandemic, watching you and just seeing, okay, this is possible. This is like a real thing that can actually be done. I don't have to be this old guy to start this law firm. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you here today on the podcast. I want to hear all about your life story. We're going to get into some really juicy, fun questions about money and mindset and attorney life, your law firm, the CEO club. And really quick before, before you introduce yourself, I love your bio. And I was joking before that I have it memorized by now, listening to your podcast, being in the CEO club, but you started your own law firm at the age of 28 years old, which is so, so awesome and insane. And then within the first year, you had profit of $1.78 million. That's so wild. And now flash forward just a few years later, you now have consistent revenue of at least 250K a month. That is insane. I want to hear all about your story, your whole life, everything. Tell us, who are you and how did you, how did you do this? Can we just say that that's like probably my favorite podcast intro I've ever had (laughs) in my entire life, even just to start, because I, I mean, I do what I do because I wanted to show people that this is possible, right? Like you were saying, you don't have to be an old man. Like that's where a lot of this started is like, I saw a lot of men obviously running their law firms because for reasons we all know, history, et cetera. It was really men owning, running law firms, being lawyers, right? Like it was all, it was almost like new, I think for like our parents' generation for there to be like female lawyers. So like, like a lot of what I've done has, has kind of, been birth from that is showing people, Hey, it's possible. No matter what you look like, what you are, how you are, anything. Um, I love it. Like I, like you just said, when I first started my law firm it was October, 2020. So like mid pandemic, everybody thought I was insane to do that. <laughs> like they thought I was nuts. Right. But like leading up to that point, I wanted, I wanted more than anything, my own business, like going back to even like law school. Like I really was always interested in business and marketing. I wanted my own business. I didn't necessarily think that was going to be a law firm. So, you know, I oh, graduated. I really did not. That wasn't yeah. like the plan from the beginning. Right. So like I went through law school, took the bar, got a job doing whatever law, at like a mid-sized firm. I thought like, oh, my God, I've made it. I've got this nice lawyer job in South Florida. This is great. Like I moved to where I wanted to be. All this exciting stuff ended up really hating it. Like, I don't know how you did so long in big law. I mean, like you I don't really know <laughs> you tucked it out because I did. Let's see. I think it was. I think it was May 2017 when I got barred, started that job. I quit there in December of 2018. So like 
Not even two wow. years. Like, what is that? A year and a half? That maybe? is so awesome. And Not so long. badass. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I truly. did. I was just like, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm going to find a place where I feel like more appreciated, where I'm not working these insane hours. Because I yeah. feel like there's this like, I don't know, connotation. There's like this like culture of like, you have to work too much. Like you have to kill yourself when you're a baby lawyer. Yep. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to kill myself. Like I'm not even making that great of money. Like I want to right. peace. Right. Like see you later, you know? Yeah. So I went to a plaintiff's firm and I had been doing a little bit, well, a lot more as it progressed of insurance defense when I was at this mid-sized firm. So I already knew insurance. I knew property claims, right? So I went to a plaintiff's side. I was like, I can do this on the plaintiff's side. And I really like, I loved it. And that's kind of how like I got more interested in this practice area. And then yeah. pandemic hits. We all remember March, 2020, bored out of my absolute mind in 2020. But like for years, like I said, I wanted to like run a business. I was interested in online marketing. I'd listen to podcasts and read books, et cetera. And so I got to the point where I was like, hey, I have this idea to go on social media and talk about property claims. And I like, I literally just started posting to my personal page and then people started reaching out and they're like, Hey, I like what you're doing. Oh, Hey, I think my uncle has a problem. Hey, can you look at my mom's insurance policy? And it kind of like snowballed from there to where like, I think that was like beginning of July, end of June, early July of 2020. And then October, 2020, I opened my own firm. And I feel like no, not no one wasn't doing social media in that way at that point, but it wasn't, it wasn't the norm yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Because it like wasn't what sexy. <laughs> made you, no, I mean, and, but it worked, you know, and what right. made you even think to do it or feel brave enough to just go out there and put your face out there? So brave enough. It's hilarious because I didn't feel very brave at the time. But, um, you know, I saw PI attorneys and criminal defense attorneys and all these like sexy law, like everybody goes into law school thinking they're going to do one of those like big, like sexy law type jobs. So I saw them doing it and I was like, well, I could talk about roofs, you know, I like, I could make this, like, I could tell people because I saw the same issues over and over and over, which I'm like, I'm sure you see too. in your estate planning firm, it's just like the people, they have misconceptions like, Oh, I have insurance. Okay. Well, insurance doesn't cover everything. Oh, well I had a problem six months ago and now I'm just telling my insurance company, Hey, well, here's why that's a problem too. Right. Like education really. And I also, obviously my uh, fiance then boyfriend was like, also like, Hey, cool idea. Like go for it. Why not? You know? So I had like that encouragement as well. And like people in my corner, who were like, sure, why not go for it? They didn't really understand it. They weren't like, amazing idea, go. Like, you need to do this right now. But it was like, yeah, sure, try it if you have this idea. So that was also helpful. So I just went for it. I mean, I posted like probably three videos the first time around and they were like nothing special also. Like you can scroll back and look at them. They're still on my page. It's like me in my living room with a tripod and my iced (laughs) coffee. And I'm like, three things to do if you have a roof claim. Like they're so cringe now, but I feel like if you look back and they're not cringe, like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) So we all have to start somewhere, but you started and you did it, which is the hardest part. And so many times we all, we say we're going to do something and we just never do it. Right. But I'm so glad that I actually like did it. And like, there were other things I had tried in the past too, like businesses and whatnot, but they didn't really stick or I got bored of them. But this one really stuck. Obviously we hit 1.78 million in revenue first year, which is like unheard of. Right. And now we're just like sailing. I've got 16 employees, which is still insane for me to say, like things have worked out just from that, like one really like inspired idea where I kind of just took the leap and I was like, I'll try it. Right. I didn't have it all figured out. I just went for it. And I think what inspired me so much watching you is I 
I kind of like you in law school, I didn't even know if I wanted to practice law. I was actually a finance major, the economy crashed. And I was like, well, let me go to law school. So I at least have a JD under my belt. Right. Had no idea what I would do. It kind of just all evolved the way that it did. But when I went into practicing law and I, I did make it 11 years working for Deloitte and then a boutique law firm and then a big law law firm, my whole thing was I want to go off on my own, but I don't want to do it and be just a harried solo entrepreneur, right. you know, working a million hours. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it right. So watching you doing it right. I was like, okay, like in my head, I thought it might be possible, but you know, once you see other people right. doing things, yeah. which is like one of the reasons I started this podcast. So law students can see examples of attorneys and other thought leaders who are doing it the way that they want to do it successfully, that there right. doesn't just have to be one path to success where you're just depressed and anxious and overworked all the time. Like we all have bad days. We all have moments where we're human beings, but it's just, it's so cool. It's kudos to everything you've done. It's awesome. And tell us a little bit about CEO club and accelerated CEO and how that all came about. So literally what you were just saying about, like, it was great to see, like, I think it's so powerful to share like our stories and our successes and like what we're working on and everything, because other people see that and they're like, Hey, maybe I could do that. You know, I know we've talked before about Amanda Francis and like, she also inspired me because she was putting herself out there. She was running her own business. And I was like, Hmm, okay, maybe I could do this too. Right. So it's like, so herself, like so unapologetically herself doing it her way. Right. Like that's so powerful. And just kind of like seeing that and saying, okay, you know, I need to share as well because I could, I feel like a duty, like pull people up the ladder, like every like, you know, prong of success that I reach every level that I hit. I'm like, okay, now let me tell people how I got here. Now let me tell people about that other level that are, you know, below that a little bit, because you can help people up the ladder as you grow up the ladder. Otherwise, you know, what's your success for? You know what I mean? Like, can you really enjoy it if you haven't helped others? And in my opinion, so I had people reaching out to me left and right on Instagram and Facebook. And they were like, how are you doing this? Like, where do you get your clients from? And how did you hire people? And how did you make all this money? And how did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, well, here's kind of how I started. Right. And so I started producing content. I started responding to DMS of how I did it. And I was like, okay, I need like a a way to stop doing this all the time. So I created the podcast and it kind of just like grew from there where I was already teaching people and helping people through the DMs, through the podcast. And I was like, you know what? I really love teaching. I was that girl that like would line up all her dolls and like, you know, have class when I was like in <laughs> kindergarten. So I was like, I really love like teaching and instructing and sharing my knowledge. I think it's important to do so. And so I was like, I'm going to create a program. I think the first program that I created was the content program because people were so overawed that like an attorney would produce content, you know, and yeah. reels and all these different things. Right. So I did the content first and then it would, the, the questions I was getting after that were more like business focused or like, how did you get here? How are you, how do you have a multi-million dollar business? How does this work? You know? And so that's yeah. why I created accelerated CEO and then the CEO club. So for those of you that are listening and don't know what that is, accelerated CEO is a self-paced program I created that explains how to create a business, not just be a solopreneur, like you were talking about, where it's just like, you're wearing all the hats, you're overwhelmed, you went from a nine to five 
to a 24-7. Like, that's no, that's not the life we're living here. That's not what we're setting up. It's not what we're manifesting. I created a business that operates like without my daily input. That was always my goal. And so that explains how it's done. And then the CEO Club is our semi-private group coaching program that you are in. And I love having you as a client, coaching client. You are amazing. And so I'm teaching people one-on-one and also in a group how to create their businesses, how to grow, how to be more successful. I love that you said that you want to help others who are, you know, behind you because I feel like in law that is not the norm by any no. means. <laughs> My experience has been the opposite with all mm-hmm. the people I've worked for. Maybe they said in the beginning, "Oh, I'll pass this down to you. I want to bring you up." And it just never happened. And right. so it's so great that that's how you operate and that's your mission because it really will it has helped me and I know it will help so so many others. Okay. So with that being said, I have some really amazing, juicy questions and I'm I can't wait. So, I, I, am, I cannot wait to hear your answers. <laughs> I am just so pumped. Okay. So this is probably one of my favorite questions that I, that I start with here. How have your views towards money and wealth changed from law school to now? And what was the biggest mindset shift? I can't wait to hear this. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So even though I said earlier that I always wanted to have my own business, I didn't necessarily think that was possible, especially in law school. Like I feel like in law school, it's just like, everyone's so happy and positive in law school. Yes. Right. Best (laughs) environment to be in. It's always like, you know, uh, very focused on like theory and like learning how like the practice works and like never about like building business. It's just about how you can be an associate, how you can be a worker and go get a job where you just like slave away and you make your salary and whatever. Right. So like, that's like kind of, I was just like grouped into that and I was like, okay, cool. Make a salary. My salary as a first year attorney is less than I make in a month now owning my law firm. So I mean, like that was probably just mine. by far, by far. <laughs> it, it was just like, it was like so mind boggling to like get out of school and like have like a, a salary that I was just like, wait, I went into school for three years and this is what I'm making and living like this can't be right. Right. Know, and like, crazy. you know, I had all these, like, it can't be me, you know, like, I mean, a lot of my mindset was like, okay, like, you know, you marry a man that's really successful and that's how you like your family has money and whatnot. And you just get a good stable job and you make your salary and that's how it works. And that's all you get. And you do your 401k, like very like middle-class, like thought process, which is kind of like how I was raised, which is like fine. It's like, you're not like going to be destitute. You know, you're going to have education, good job, whatever. But like, I got out of law school and I was like, this cannot be right. Yeah. Like this cannot this be all be it. there is. <laughs> it was like very, What's the point? <laughs> right. It was just like very, like, not like I was not being ambitious enough. Like I had the desires in the back of my mind, but I was like, no, no, no. Like that's never going to happen. I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to do this thing and that thing and the other thing. Right. So like my mindset was very just like, get the job, do the things, whatever. And like your desires are just these like other dreams out here, which is wild to think about now. Right. You're like, I know now that my desires are safe guidance and that I can make money in different ways. Right. But then it was, it was just not that way. In fact, when I was in uh, law school, I think I racked up like $30,000 of credit card debt on top of my student loans, which is wild to think about. Like I was not very, I didn't think I was very good with money, which was why I was not at the time. So the biggest mindset shift out of law school and like becoming a lawyer and building my firm is that just like, 
I get to make money. Like money is for me and I can make it in any way that I want. I can make it through my businesses. I can make it through investments. I can make it through anything, right? It's, it, it's available and I can do it. This is back to what we were saying about like seeing examples of women in business, women yeah. having wealth, women being successful, like seeing that and saying, oh, maybe I can too. That was like a huge shift for me. Like that's available for me and yeah. I can like do it in whatever way that I want. Like I can have a business and be successful. So I think I went from like a very standard mindset of like you get your job and you make your salary and da 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 to like a, I can make money however I want. Money just is, it's always coming to me. I have all these dreams, what I thought were dreams way back when of like how much, what, what I want my net worth to be and how much I want to make and the properties I want to own. And now I'm just like, okay, those are goals. So in 2024, yeah. I'm going to do this and 25, I'm going to do this. And at 2030, I'll be at this point, you know? So there was a huge shift between like, you know, what I thought was possible and what I was like, I was just like limiting myself really to just like, everything's available. I can do whatever I want. I can move I towards it. it. I love it. It's yeah. so interesting. This is probably my, my favorite topic to talk about of all time, because it's so fascinating. Once you realize your money mindset is just a story that you're telling yourself. And it's a story that you've accepted as truth because it's yes. usually something that comes from how you were raised and what your family did around right. money. Or, you know, even once you go through law school and you're taught to kind of analyze everything and find the negatives and the pitfalls and everything that all builds up. And so I had a very similar experience growing up, you know, middle-class family, definitely some scarcity things, but then law school like triggered it so much. Like it triggered right. money scarcity with law school debt and everyone complaining about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I graduated in 2012. So the economy was still, I started in 2009 when the economy oh, was absolutely shit. And then it was not that great in 2012. And so everyone was complaining, oh, you can't get a job. You know, our law school isn't that great. We're never going to get a big law firm job, like whatever, whatever the negativity was. And I love when like we, we both know the truth now that that money mindset is a story, but I love when people start to realize that because it just, it cracks your brain open for all the possibilities that are out there. Right. And it's like, it's, you can't turn back. You can't ever put that genie back in the bottle once, once you realize it. Right. And once you understand that, you know, getting a job at a law firm is not a bad thing at all, but you don't have to be limited to the salary. Or if you start a business, you don't have mm -hmm. to be limited to $15,000 months or, or whatever it is. And then once you start to learn that you can also have your money working for you yes. while you're sleeping with investments and real estate and other businesses, it's just like, there's no turning back. And yeah. I just, it's, it's, I love talking about that with people who understand it. And also with people who are like, not too sure what I'm talking about, but then they start to see right. it. And it's, it's just, that's the, that's my favorite part of talking about this and having examples because mm -hmm. like you said, people see it and then they realize, right. Like I used to listen to hours upon hours of bigger pockets before I ever invested in a single piece of real estate. And I would listen to these episodes and I'm like, these people, like they're fine, but I'm smarter than them. Like I can tell I, I know more than them even now and they're right. doing it. So if right. they can do it, I can definitely do it. hundred percent. And I think I that's like that. the turning point is just being open to yeah. like seeing and thinking differently because you don't have to like mindset shifts don't happen overnight. Like I just said, no. it took years for me to get past like my own limiting beliefs and Same. get behind my like idea and like actually take action. Yeah. And it's still, so, things still pop up all the time. Oh, I have to yeah. be, and I know you talk about this on your podcast reframing and yeah. I do that. You have to, it's a never ending 
battle, but it does get easier. It gets easier for things you've already reframed and changed. And like for things that come up, you're just like, wait, 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 hold on. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I know that's not true. But when you're first starting, it can be a lot harder to get out of it. But once you, like you said, crack open, like just a little crack in your mindset can just like absolutely overflow and explode. And it's like, oh, wait this doesn't have to be like this. I don't, I'm not tied to this one thing that I think I'm doing. I can do something different. Yeah. I love it. And that, that is one of the main reasons that I started this podcast. And then I started my coaching program for law students, the law school blueprint for her and the corresponding mastermind, the wealthy future lawyer squad, because I want to get the word out to people that it doesn't have to be one way and that we can crack all your brains open while you're in law school before you begin your attorney journey. Cause that's the time to do it. Right. So once you start your first law firm job or your law firm, you're just going to be off. And so you got to, the best time is either before law school or when you're in law school, start working on this mindset, read the books, listen to the podcast, watch other examples. And it will, it will literally, I don't say this lightly. It will change your life. Like, well, I know it's changed yours. I know it's changed mine. Oh, so good. Okay. Here's another good question. What is the best choice you've ever made with respect to money? And what's the biggest mistake you've ever made with respect to money? So the best choice was starting my law firm. I used all my savings to start my law firm. And yes, that was terrifying and scary. Scary. Obviously very worth it, right? Like I have people, law students and lawyers that come to me and they're like, oh, like I really want to start my firm, but I don't know. I don't have enough money. Like I'm telling you something that I have not said before in public, but when I left a law firm I was at, I left a bonus behind, like a five figure, multiple five figure bonus behind, because I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to just like take this money and run because it was part of what I was producing and whatever. And like, yeah, I was entitled to it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this behind because I'm not going to wait any longer. And I have people that come to me and they're like, oh, I'm going to wait till the end of the year and I'm going to wait till January so I get my bonus. And I'm like, that's however, what would it be in August right now? I mean, that's four months, five months away. Like you're going to wait another five months. You could make tenfold that in that time, you know, like don't, don't leave that behind. Perspective so, is everything. Perspective is everything, everything. right? It's just like, you're, why are you waiting for your five grand when you could make 50, you know, like, yeah. yes, it's not guaranteed, but like I would bet on myself before I bet on anybody else, you know? And listen, bonuses are not always guaranteed either. I've learned As you that know the from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though. So that's the best choice that I've made is using my savings, you know, not cutting off my nose despite my face, waiting for some bonus to start my firm and just doing it. The biggest mistake. So I don't know that I truly believe in mistakes. I believe in taking action and either having success or learning a lesson or being able to like pivot from whatever the yeah. outcome ended up being right. There's actions Agreed. and there's outcomes, but I will say that like what I wish I had more knowledge about and what I wish somebody would have told me when I was in law school is like, don't like, <laughs> don't get into $30,000 worth of credit card debt. Cause that was so difficult for me, especially starting a job that was like not the best salary in the world. Obviously, you know, you're just starting your baby lawyer or whatever, but that was really tough. And I think that stunted like my growth for a while of being able to like get out of that situation that I really was miserable in, in my first job and changing gears and going to a different firm or starting a, a business, doing other things. I think that like stunted me cause I was so like, of that. I didn't understand it. So that was like a mistake in a way where I feel like I should have learned sooner and 
really been taught sooner is what I'm saying. Yeah. How to deal with that? Because I was like absolutely clueless. Like the financial education I got really was like go to college and like don't use credit cards and don't have a lot of cash and like don't buy anything you can't afford and middle class stuff, which is great. All like, you know, foundational information, but there's, there's more to it than that. As we know, debt is just a choice to pay something off over time, but let's think about how we're going to do it. Right. What's the outcome? What's the ROI? What's the return on whatever I'm spending money on, whatever I'm spending my time on. So I feel like that was probably a mistake for lack of a better term, but something that I, I really learned from really learned from. Yeah, no. And I agree. I don't really, I don't think there's any mistakes. I think everything is information, but it is really cool to look back and see like what we've done in the past and how we've learned from it. And I think you have to make these quote unquote mistakes to learn from them. Yes. Oh my gosh. So a couple things came up for me when you were talking about all of that. So one of the things is um, going back to the best choice you made, which was starting your law firm. And the fact that you did something kind of risky, you used your savings, mm-hmm. your nest egg, all of it, all of it. <laughs> but if you don't take risks in life, there really won't be a reward because if everyone was going out and do, like, if, it, if it was easy, everyone would go out and do it. Right. So you took a calculated risk. You knew the possibilities, the, the strong possibility that you would, you would be successful, mm-hmm. which you had based on evidence because you were already bringing in clients right. to the firm that you were at. So it was calculated. It was a risk, but calculated. So calculated that's the first risk. thing that yeah. came up. You know, you, you did something risky and that's how sometimes you have to proceed in life. Right. And I appreciate you sharing about the credit card debt. I've been there too. I think it's also crazy that someone who's in law school and presumably like early twenties could even incur that much. Like how is the credit, how are the credit card companies even allowed to do that? I don't even know what I That's spent another it on, thing. which is a different story. <laughs> like life, life is expensive. I guess true loans don't cover everything. So yeah. And when you're in law school, like a lot of times you're like, I need that Starbucks. I need this. I'm so you know, overworked. And I talk about that a lot in the law school blueprint too, of when I started in the big law firm, like Mm -hmm. I would see people spending so much money on food and coffee and cars and homes, and it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with any of that, Mm -hmm. but they were creating this inflation lifestyle creep where they would never be able to leave, Mm -hmm. you know, ever. And I always preach, it's fine. Having all the nice things in the world is wonderful but don't do it to your own detriment where you can't go out and start a law firm because your expenses are just, you know, so insane. I practice that now. Like I absolutely do not spend anywhere near what I make, like not even close. Like I had, and also including like investments and other things that I put money towards taxes, investments and savings and everything else. Like I was very conscious after going into all that debt and having that, like whatever salary, my first year as a lawyer, I really thought about, okay, like lifestyle creep, like what's important to me? What do I want? Like travel. I really love designer Mm -hmm. handbags, but then things that aren't important to me. Like I don't even have a car. (laughs) I share one with my fiance because I don't go anywhere. I'm like, why do I need one? You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. What's important to me? What do I spend money on? So like there's, there's a way to have what you desire. So like having your Starbucks or like having your cool car or whatever you want without like going overboard and spending everything you make. I think that's important. Yeah, no, I agree. I would never have been able to start maybe never, but it would have been a lot harder to start my own law firm as the primary breadwinner in my home with two children. If I had not been smart with money, if I had not kept my expenses down, I was Mm -hmm. saving over 50% of my salary from not day one, because I was making not that much day one. But once I got into big law, I was like, 
my salary doubled and then tripled. So I'm like, I'm going to put all this money away, buy real estate. And if I hadn't done that, it would have been a lot harder and and scarier to start the firm. And I had partners who had been partners for years saying, I wish I could do that. I wish I could retire. I wish I could start my own law firm. Must be nice. And I'm like, well, you could. You You literally could. You know, I I don't know your personal finance situation. Either you think you can't or you have such an expensive life that you can't. Right. But- that's it's 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 so 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 interesting so we kind of talked about this a little bit but we can dive in a little bit more what made you want to start the accelerated ceo and ceo club and your other fantastic programs or like anything anything you want to talk about at this point i mean well i can touch on it again so obviously like really like having people come to me for advice and help and really have like feeling that like duty to help other people because i had help you know, like, like I was just saying, you know, uh, earlier, you know, my, um, you know, my fiance, he was very, very behind me, like starting my own firm. Like amazing. he sat me down he was like, you need to have a talk. And I was like, hey, what are you talking about? He's <laughs> like, you need to do this. Like you can wow. do it. You, you need to do it. You know, like that kind of thing. And I like that kind of like help and like support and somebody just being yeah. in your corner is so powerful. And like, I want to be that for people. Like people come to me and they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, I know. You can start this. You can do yeah. it. Tell me what, what's going on, what, what's coming up for you. Let's work through it. Right. People who are, they want to have their bonus. Da, 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 da. It's all just like fear. They're just like, there's an unknown there. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, again, drilled into us from law schools, get that good job and have that good salary and work 80 hours a week. So it's like, this is not typical. They don't, there's no blueprint for it, except for, you know, what you're having, but <laughs> there's no blueprint for it. Right. So for me, I, I wanted to offer that guidance, support and experience to people who wanted to start their law firms. Right. Cause yeah. I feel like I learned so much through help, but also through trial and error when I started that I wanted to have these programs available. And there are people who want all kinds of help, right? So accelerated CEO, self self-paced program, right? So you've taken it. It's, you know, you're it's amazing. actually, <laughs> right. Really? So you're listening to a course, you're taking notes, you're learning exactly how I set up my firm to be the CEO instead of just the solo wearing all the hats. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I did do that. I was wearing all the hats in the beginning, but it's not what I wanted. I wanted a business that made money without my daily input. So I created that program. And of course, CEO club is more like high touch, right? So you get actually me. So we get together like twice a month and we talk about, okay, what are your goals? What are you working on? Let's strategize. Let's talk about it. And I think that's just so helpful. So important to have people in your corner that support your ideas that understand what you're trying to do because family is great. Family's wonderful. They're so supportive. They love you, but you have to, you have to separate their like love from their, their fear and their limiting beliefs because my parents were not enthused when I told them I was going to quit my job and start my law firm, they were just like, what? You have such a great job. Why would you do that? You know, which is crazy because my dad does have his own law firm, but he's had it for oh, many that's years. So interesting that he isn't it. And he was going by the old paradigm. Like you have to practice for 20 seven years, years and then you do this and that and the other thing. And I don't know if you're ready, whatever. But like, what's interesting is there's been a shift because now I started it. I ran with it. Absolutely. And I've had all the success and they're just like, oh, hey, what do you think of this marketing campaign? Yeah, we're you're like, about, well, you know? well, well, tables have turned. <laughs> Obviously now they're behind it, but like I had to separate their I had to separate their limiting beliefs and their fear from their own experience from what I wanted to do, what my situation was and what I thought was possible, you know? So it's important to have people 
who understand what you're trying to do, who maybe have done it before and that could be in your corner. And that's why I created these programs. I, it's so important to have people that like can help you and move you forward. Well, I can personally attest that you have helped me a ton in my journey this year, starting the law firm with Kristen. It has been so helpful because I'm, you know, I would have had to spend a lot of time trying to figure that out years probably. So I was able to take from your experience that you've already gone through. And I, I'm, I'm personally obsessed with coaching. Like I think coaching is so valuable. I think it just, it, it just propels and rocket fuels, whatever you're trying to accomplish when you work with someone who can help you work on the mindset piece because they've already done it and who can help you with like the practical side of things too. Like even when I did your programs, I'm like, Oh, the strategy payroll, this, that, you know, (laughs) how to hire a VA from outside of the country, all the things. And it's, uh, it's what you said about having supportive people in your life. I remember my good friend Ashley in law school said this to me, and I've heard other people say it since then, but that we are truly the sum of the five people who are closest to us. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Like you need to surround yourself in law school and after law school, once you become an attorney or whatever you do with people or whoever and anyone in any field or walk of life, you have to be around people who support you and who are positive and who are talking about money and wealth and mindset. Because if you're around negative people, it's going to bring you down And sometimes it's hard. You got to cut off some people or at least, you know, take a step back. And I always say, you know, with family and with everything, most people have the best of intentions. Most people are operating from a place of love or trying to love you. I remember even when I applied to law school, my parents were like, but that's three years. You're not going to make money. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. And then my first summer when I went to Spain, they're like, I don't know, I think you should go do something safe and, you know, go work for a judge or whatever. And I was like, no, no, no. And it's so funny now because they're like, my daughter's a lawyer. And she's traveled <laughs> everywhere. And it's, it's so funny to watch like family and loved ones, like mindsets kind of shift. It, yes. But it's so important to just, especially in law school, drown out the noise and just focus, like zero in and focus on who you're becoming and just taking care of yourself and and your goals. And also mm. caveat to that too, which I've kind of learned like more recently is like you are the sum of the five people you hang out with, but I think it has to do with a topic, right? Because I have really amazing close friends from like college and whatnot that are not nearly as like successful, like financially and in business as, you know, which is totally fine, which is fine because they don't want that. Right. But they're very clear on what they want. And so I choose who I speak to turn, you know, about certain topics. Like I wouldn't speak to, you know, these friends about like my business plans and stuff, but I do have those friends that I, you know, would speak about it. I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this idea? Right. Yeah. So like, that's super important is to like consciously think of what topic you're talking to somebody about, because exactly what you said, if you're around somebody who's like being negative about a, a certain, um, choice that you're making, you know, you have to separate them from the choice. Okay. Is this from their limiting beliefs and their fears? Or is this like something I really should consider? Cause they don't think it's good for me. I think that's important. And also yeah. this is hilarious because we both did the same trip in Spain. I know. It's so school. crazy. <laughs> Just like a few years <laughs> apart. Right. So, you know, what's even funnier is that, um, I was speaking to somebody I knew and they were like, Oh, I can get you a one L like summer associateship in, uh, at Holland and night. Oh and I gosh. was like, I'm going to go to Spain. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> See you later. And everybody thought I was nuts. Again, everyone's like, oh, you can get any job you want. I was like, I don't want that job. I want yeah, to go. I want to go to Spain. To Spain. I want to go to Europe for the and summer. I have not regretted that decision <laughs> once ever in my life. It was so much fun. I got yeah. to experience things. Like, oh, you know, obviously I love traveling. That's like a big reason I even wanted my own business and my own law firm to begin with. So like another example of like, you don't have to take the path everyone else is taking to be successful. You can do what your heart desires or desires are safe guidance. I agree. And it's funny because I have that. Well, I, I haven't given my resume to anyone in a while, but I have <laughs> the trip to Spain on my resume and every interview I've ever gone on, including Holland and I, it was like, wow, that's so cool. You've been to Spain. Where else did you go? And it just, I think that in law school, it's so easy to get caught up in. I need to get a law review. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to get these grades. But that's not necessarily what's going to set you apart from others right. or get you the desired job Very or true. whatever it may be. I think it's about distinguishing yourself, making choices based on what you want to do. My choice was always I don't work in the summer. I have fun. I don't take classes, you know, that in law school. Now I work in the summer, but we're going to change that. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just it's so important to know what you want and like you were saying, like, okay, you love to go on really nice trips. You love to travel abroad. You love nice bags, but you've decided what you love. And so you'll intentionally move money towards those things right. rather than just what I think happens to so many people, not just in law, just blindly spending, right. blindly just buying that next big house or that next car or you know, whatever it is without right. actually thinking about, do I care about this? Do I just think someone else is going to think this is cool? Like, am I just who actually, to like, do I actually enjoy this? Yeah, who gives yeah. a shit? No one, no one cares about you. No one's worried about you. And if someone's worried about like what car you drive or whatever, then they're probably not the person for you no, anyway. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see what else I have here. Okay. So name a book or podcast or whatever that has inspired your journey in life and law. So as I've said in our CEO club group coaching calls, I don't read a lot of books and that's because of like the noise I think it creates. And I used to read a ton of books back when I was like unsure, trying to learn, figure out really what direction I was trying to take in life maybe. But I try not to consume too much in social media, in podcasts and this and that. I try to be yeah. selective because I don't want to like confuse myself and like really cloud my judgment of what I already know that I want and how I want to move forward and how I want to be. Um, so obviously Reach as Fuck by Amanda Francis. So good. Life-changing book. I mean, so all of good. her work is life-changing. Amanda yeah. Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S. If yeah. anybody wants to look her up, I just, I love the way that she thinks and like, the way she thinks was kind of how I was thinking in the back of my mind. But again, my limiting beliefs were telling me, no, 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 that's not right. And so her living her life and her sharing her ideas allowed me to then say, okay, I have the permission to live my life and do my mm -hmm. things and the way share I want about to. It. And share and about, share about it, it without feeling weird that you're sharing. Exactly. Right. And a lot of her ideals about like money just is, like I said in the beginning of this show, money just is. Like, it is available for you. It's just a resource. It's out there go get it. How do you want it? It can come in in any way and shape or form, right? It doesn't have to come in through one way. You don't even have to know how it's going to happen, right? So I think reframing those has helped me so much just in life overall, because yes, the book is called Rich as Fuck, but it's not just about money. It's also yeah. about like life and your choices and how you live and how you be. So I, I think that's absolutely incredible. And I've applied that to my law firm too. Yeah. I played that to my law firm too. You say like, you know, how has it affected your life and law? I mean, really just law is a part of life. So it's all thrown in there. 
I remember the first time I listened to something from Amanda Francis. Like I was like, I, this girl is crazy. This woman is insane. What is she talking about? And now I look back and I'm like, that's so funny that my limiting beliefs were literally making me like shut down what she was saying. But there was something about her that kept me coming back for more. And then it just like little by little was trickling into my brain. And now I listen to her over. I listen to the book over and over. I listen to her courses over and over Mm -hmm. because it literally like, as I start my day, as I get up, I meditate, I get the kids ready. I start my work day, whatever it is. Like it just sets the tone for like, no, I can literally do whatever I want. Money is a neutral resource. It's going to flow to me all day long. I love money. Money loves me. And it just, it it really just sets the tone for, it just clears away all like limiting beliefs and all the noise and all the nonsense and allows you to just kind of be at peace. Okay. Like now I can take action. I can move forward. Right. It's, and I think it's so module helpful. two of Money Mentality Makeover, which is her like main course, her foundational course, where she's like, secret, this isn't really about money. This is actually about everything. But yes. I had to call it something about money so you would buy it. But <laughs> newsflash, it has to do with literally anything in your life. And actually, like, damn, <laughs> I gift I gift that book to so many people because it's so life changing. Mm. And like I've like lived these principles to the point where like Jason, he's never listened to Amanda Francis ever, but he like. Jason's my fiance. So Jason will like, like he will um, like quote things that she said to me. Cause he's like, Oh yeah, like this. And I'm like, how do you know that? He's like, I don't know. You just say it. (laughs) So it's powerful. It works. It is. And she talks a lot about like, if you have a partner or whatever, who's not that into her work, she's like, it doesn't matter. Just keep living it. Just keep living it. it. And that's what I did with my husband, Andrew. Like I'm definitely the dreamer of the, the relationship. And he's become a lot more entrepreneurial, just watching the things that I'm saying to do. Like, I'm like, we should do this. He's like, that's crazy. And then we do it and it works. And he's like, that was such a great idea. (laughs) We were at an event recently at work and someone goes up to him and he's like, well, you're the money guy. And I was like, whoa, 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 excuse me, sir. I'm the brains behind this operation. Let's be, (laughs) not that he's not intelligent, but I was like, these were my ideas. (laughs) If you could tell your 1L self anything, what would it be in general and with respect to money? Keep going. Trust Mm. yourself. Because, you know, people always say, well, what advice would you give your younger self? And like, sure, would I go back and want to just like take a little chip and implant all the knowledge I have now in myself at 22? For sure. But like, realistically, everything I experienced has got me to this point. And I love so much where I'm at right now that I would just go back and say, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep going, but trust yourself. Like, cause I had all of these ideas and thoughts and ways I wanted to be and live and do and have. And I, I feel like it took a long time for me to allow that to come through. Obviously I learned a lot since then that allowed me to do it, but that's what I would tell myself. Keep going, trust yourself. And you know, it's really cool. If you flash forward like 10 years from now, when you've up leveled to like that next version of you, I you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, like you know, like, like where I've come from this point, it's yeah, you, you can't, you can't skip the steps. You gotta, no. you gotta go through the mess and the shit and all of that to, to get where you're going. Sure. And what would you say with anything with money, like in particular, I think we kind of just covered that. Yeah. I feel like it's probably the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we basically covered this favorite money book, favorite business book, definitely anything Amanda Francis, for sure. I agree. Yeah. I mean, literally. I, mean, I would throw in another book there too, because so we talked about how I was in debt in law school and thereafter. So um, Rami Sethi, I think is mm-hmm. his name. Yeah. 
I will teach you to be rich. Yeah, that's a good one. Terrible name for a book because it has nothing to do with being rich. What it has to do with is getting your getting your life together. Yeah, is really what it is. And I listened to that audiobook and actually read the book. Probably my first year as a as a lawyer, yeah, and that like really worksheets, right? I think I I did that book. Maybe I'm I thinking think there, of something no, else. No, I think there is like a workbook component of like, yeah. but it's so helpful because it just teaches you the basics that somebody should have probably taught us at some point, but it's like, you know, uh, you know, how to set up your savings account, like how to do, um, you know, your investments and budgeting, which I hate the word budgeting, but I call it a spending plan. Yeah. So like all these different things and that really helped me like set myself up. So I wasn't just like crazy stressed out about finances. Yeah. And then I discovered Man Francis. Then I discovered, you know, like building actual wealth and building business and everything. And I grew from there. Yeah. You really, I mean, you have to start with the foundation because if you don't have the foundation, you can't skip to like money manifestation, like all this stuff. You have to have the basics first, understand your money. Right. I mean, and I think that's a part of manifestation is getting away from the anxiety around money, taking right. the the fear away from it. It's not a scary thing. It's right. not a hard thing. I literally am finally getting a financial advisor now because I was like, I don't, I didn't need one for years. I did not need one. I realized if I would just be paying all these fees. Now I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm a tax attorney, but there's probably some things I'm not understanding. I'm not going to be paying attention to like when I need to harvest capital gains. Like I'm just not going to do that. So <laughs> I probably need somebody to make sure that opportunities are not being missed, but right. you have to start, you have to start with the foundation. Have to start with that foundation. I think it shows like our growth that like we've gotten to a point where we're just like, okay, well I have money that I want to like grow and expand and do other things with, but like yeah. maybe I'm not the person to do that. Right. Because I'm like all in on my business and I know what I'm talking about for this thing, but there are experts that can help you with other things exactly. with, your, with your money and with your wealth, like how to expand and grow. So I think that's really important too. Is like, as yeah. people expand, as you get out of like that scarcity fear mindset, you start building and receiving and you're really excited that you're making money for the first time. And then you're like, okay, now how do we step it up? And yeah. that's where you, the experts come in. <sighs> This was so good. This yeah. was so much fun. I could talk for like two more hours, but we probably could probably <laughs> easily, easily. But thank you so, so much for coming in, for being a guest on the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I think this episode is going to be an amazing hit. It's going to inspire so many people, especially women law students on their journey. So I just appreciate your time and your wisdom and sharing your whole story. It was so, so good. I appreciate you asking to be on here. I think this is so helpful. I love what you're doing. This is really going to change a lot of people earlier than they probably would have and in their mindsets and their wealth and being a really fantastic, wealthy attorney. I hope so. I really hope so. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was such an incredible episode with lawyer Brit, Brittany Alexander. I want to thank her so much for being on the show. I think there was so many valuable things. I think we could have talked for another two, three hours if they let us. <laughs> <laughs> 